0: Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Ron, it looks like spring has finally come. You know, we keep having this resurgence yeah. of winter with.
1: Yeah, we've had a few f- cold nights under freezing. So Yeah, like really cold at my house, like got down to 20. Four yeah. Uh, hopefully Especially, we're on the back end of that and we can get I, to warm weather. I think weather. it's
0: done now. I really do. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, yeah. that no more covering the plants and that kind of stuff. And and hopefully we'll have some nice weekends. I'm tired of rain too. But Yeah. Um, you don't
1: want a Masters tournament with 30 degree weather.
0: No, we don't. And that's coming up, you know. Um, There's yeah. some exciting things happening in sports, of course. We got the Masters here just right around the corner in a few weeks. We um uh, have the NCAA tournament going on right now, which I don't really pay much attention to but i know everybody's brackets are already busted yeah
1: no one no one has a good bracket this year so many upsets princeton's impressive they're 15 seed in the sweet 16 so that's been pretty impressive um and then women's basketball speaking
0: of impressive i saw my first ncaa women's basketball tournament uh game uh in the sweet 16 and it happened to be like it was carolina usc playing um something like kansas okay and um and I, it may have been somebody else. so Don't quote me on that. But I was shocked. Okay, I was shocked how good Carolina was. Really, it was like a college team playing a high school team. Jeez. Yeah, I mean USC. What Carolina was the the top seed, okay. and this team was like the eighth seed, and they had like great record. This other team did like twenty six and six or something like that. You know, and um, and Carolina just dominated them. They beat them by thirty something points Jeez. and. And they were, in. Carolina's undefeated this year. You know, they won the national championship last year and they've won 44 straight games. Oh, wow. So they're so dominating in women's basketball. It's like, it was like child's play,
1: you know, it really
0: was. I was just like, wow. Okay. I get it. Carolina is. Okay. That good in women's basketball. So so I, I just threw away all my brackets in women's basketball, not that I had one, and I just put Carolina at the top because <laughs> I think they're going to repeat their national championship. I just – hats off to Carolina women's basketball. My goodness. That's great. They were incredible. Yeah. So there you go. I can see you're excited about that. Yeah, right? yeah. I watch a lot of women's basketball. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> you're yeah, a diehard Clemson fan, so he, he can't concede to, to, to Carolina anything. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> Unfortunately. true, Unfortunately. Oh, well. But anyway, speaking of exciting, though, we do have some good topics today. Um, And unfortunately, some of these are kind of nerve wracking, like, you know, the Fed's going to raise interest rates today, right?
1: Yeah, potentially. So we're recording on Wednesday and there's like I've heard an 85 percent chance that we're going to get a quarter point uh, interest rate hike. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about what that means for you and how to, you know, just be wise with your money.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really important and it raises lots of questions. So we'll we'll jump into that. That's gonna be a great topic. And then we're also gonna talk about, you know, a Roth versus pre-tax money in your 401k. Um, we, I don't know about you, but I get that question a lot. Should oh, yeah. I be contributing to Roth or pre-tax in my 401k? Well, we're gonna dig into that today and answer that question because that's a really, really important question for people, particularly young people that have a long time to save. Is it better to pay taxes now or pay them later?
1: Yeah, that's That's the top five question for me with clients. It's a great
0: question. So yeah, we're going to dig into that and that's a good one. Um, By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart SmartVestor Pro with over 28 years experience in financial planning and investment advice.
1: And I'm Ryan Borders. I'm also a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart SmartVestor Pro.
0: And we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday morning. You can check us out on our website, moneymd.net, or you can listen to us on iTunes every Friday. Um, anywhere in the world, we have all of our old shows um, on our website. You can go through and listen; they're listed. You know, they have the topics listed, so you can go through and find pretty much any topic. That you want to listen to, we have a podcast on it.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of episodes. Does iTunes still exist? Do we have that still? Oh,
0: well, (laughs) okay. Maybe that's old. I don't
1: know. I don't know. People on the Spotify now, Apple Music... Yeah, well, you could find us a lot of places. Just Google us, just it. go to MoneyMD. MoneyMD, there you go. Right, <laughs> he's
0: showing my how out of touch I am with some of the technology. It might still right? be there. I just haven't used it yeah, in ten years. Yeah, use GPT chat and no, search for MoneyMD. There That's, you go. Yeah, they'll tell you where to find you. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, we're going to start off here with, with the financial fact of the week.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one, Steve. This is from Smart Asset. And basically, they have a calculator and they, you know, basically saying, hey, how, how far does your $100,000 salary go based on what city you live in? And what this financial fact is that New York City is pretty much, you know, you know the, the least likely that it feels like 100000 So if you look at a few things, if you had $100,000 salary in New York, it really feels like making 36000 and that's not just a feeling, you know. That's really how much buying power your paycheck has there. You know, once you factor in soaring rents, obviously New York has very high rent, steep taxes. New York has very high taxes. Um, yeah, really, your buying power is about thirty-six thousand with a hundred thousand dollars salary. Uh, so of the 76 cities, you know, that they're looking at, you know, it's kind of the, where your money goes the least. You know, the, it doesn't go very far. So you're saying it's like a third of the income yeah. in New York City? Absolutely.
0: Compared to like here, for instance, or the national average. Absolutely. That's insane. I mean, to live in a big city like that and to accept the fact that your standard of living is going to be a third of what it would be anywhere else You'd Have to have an incredible job exactly. I mean, so, why would people do that? I mean, it's no wonder though, during COVID, so many people moved whenever and left New York whenever they went remote and they found that they could work from anywhere. Yeah,
1: um, makes a lot of sense because that's crazy. Yeah, I'm in a 1400 square foot apartment, I couldn't imagine you know, I pay you what know, you'd pay for that. Yeah, what I would pay for that in New York, it'd be like you know, 5,000 or Maybe $8,000, maybe even
0: more. I don't know. it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I've heard people that, you know, move from out west, and it's like, you know, $2,000 a square foot, you know, they sell their house for out there, you know. Um, It's just unbelievable what the cost of housing out west, you know, in in San Francisco, Bay Area, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you got to think hard about what the standard of living is, where you're living, and why are you living where you are. It's a great question. And Makes the CSRA a pretty great place to live whenever you compare it that
1: way. Absolutely.
0: So I like it. Good fact of the week. All right. And that leads us up here to our next topic. And that is, what's the Fed's next interest rate move? And what does it mean for you? We we yeah. had one this week. I think we think we're getting it today. You're listening on Friday. It'll be a done deal. We're, we think it's probably going to yeah. be a quarter point. It's about um, like an
1: 85% chance. Uh, right. I don't see them not doing it today. Correct. Um, This comes from the Wall Street Journal, Um, and, you know, really the bar for Americans, uh, you know, have to clear now to get approved for loans. Credit cards are likely to rise along with interest rates, partly as a result of the fallout from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, which we've been talking about recently. Uh, The Federal Reserve is expected to raise rates again today. So, though some economists say it could hit pause this month, but we don't think that's going to happen um, regardless, recent troubles across the banking industry, caused in part by the higher rates, will lead banks to toughen, you know, their lending standards. So, you know, banks will likely be more conservative um, with those who they are lending money to in this environment. So, you got to be looking out for that. Um, these heightened restrictions would make it harder to get a car loan, mortgage, or even a small business loan. So, the tougher standards would be equivalent to a quarter or half a point increase in the Fed's benchmark rate. And this is from The Economist at Goldman Sachs. Um, So though the Fed's anticipated uh, 25.25 percentage point increase would be smaller than most during the past year's efforts to stamp out inflation, the cumulative effect um, of a year of hikes continue to ripple through the Americans' wallets. So, you know, higher rates have made buying a home less affordable, carrying a credit card debt significantly more expensive, So, you know, given tighter credit and still rising interest rates, financial advisors like ourselves are saying, hey, people should think carefully before taking out new loans, focus on paying down any higher interest debt, such as credit cards at first. And at the same time, it makes sense to move cash into accounts with better returns, such as higher yield, savings accounts, certificates of deposits, where really we talk about money market here. So we're going to talk uh, through a few things today on what to do.
0: Yeah, the strategies to consider. And I'll just say as an aside, you know, in general, I like higher interest rates. Yeah. I I think it's a good thing for the economy. Saving should be rewarded. Yeah, And borrowing money should be punished, you know? I mean, otherwise you get excesses. I mean, if interest rates are zero, like forever, you know, for a long, long time like they were, and they're they're super low, people borrow excess and they borrow for stupid things. And it just gets to where people are buying houses they can't afford, you know? All these things get kind of out of whack in the economy, and quite frankly, you know, if you're saving money hard and you got a lot of cash reserves, you got to be rewarded for that. You got yeah. to earn some decent interest. So I hope they keep rates high for a long time. Quite frankly, and uh, but now that they are higher, you know, we need to take advantage of it, right? Yes, And absolutely. so we need to we need to tilt our our finances towards saving and not borrowing. Exactly. And so this first item here on the list is exactly that. And that is to pay down your credit cards. Um because the average percentage rate on new credit card offers this month is over 23%, Ryan. Goodness and, gracious. Um, yeah, and it's going up. You know, we know it's going up with with the rate increase just this this week, um, assuming that happened. But yeah, it's the highest in decades. And the average APR on credit card accounts with balances being carried over month to month. Was over twenty percent. Um, so yeah, according to the Federal Reserve, that's the highest since nineteen ninety four. So somebody with a five thousand dollar you know balance on their credit card with twenty three percent plus APR um, and a two hundred fifty dollar a month payment, they would have twelve hundred and seventy seven dollars in interest. Um, yeah, and in, in the course over the course of a year, and they'd need twenty six months to pay off the balance. Um, so if that increase is going to increase that rate even further, um, so you got to get out of debt. That's the key. You got to pay exactly. off the stupid that, That's cards.
1: really what I wanted to kind of talk about today. I mean, that's a budget killer. And I mean, if you let, let your credit card, you know, debt rack up like that, it's just hard to get out of that hole. And so you got to avoid it and you got to pay it off aggressively if you have it, because, Twenty three percent is ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is. You gotta I mean, get out from under that. And it just it just puts you in a hole that's hard to get out of. And I mean the damage has already been done with those with credit card debt. I mean, goodness gracious. So we we really are just kind of we are very anti credit card debt here. Um if you can if you do use one, be responsible with it. Pay it off, but don't run that balance because it's just it's just gonna be hard to have a good budget when you do that. And with these interest rate hikes, it's making it even harder right. for you. So just so stay out of it. Stay out of it. Uh, The second is clean up your credit. You know, those with less than stellar credit or shorter credit histories will be affected most by tightened lending standards. So use larger down payments on any loans when possible to boost your chance of approval, which we'd probably always say do that. You know, always have a good down payment. Absolutely. Um, Try to reduce your credit card debt below 50%, which we just talked about, of, of your available credit. Pay your bills on time. Always do that clean up any issues on your credit report. Yeah, that's another thing. Always check that credit report, make sure everything looks clear. I've, I've met with a lot of people that will have things on there that they didn't like a very small medical bill. Yeah. And it's been years. Something that's really weighing it down. Exactly, and they don't know. Um so we you know recommend shopping around for the best rates when you are, you know, looking for a loan, look at your local banks, things like that. Um, but yeah, the main thing is just cleaning up the budget is what's going to really help with this. Staying out of debt. Um, like we said, don't have 50% of your available credit, you know, on your credit card. Used. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That's right. Yeah. Even small improvements to your credit score can make a big difference on getting the cost of a mortgage down. So that's really important. That's a good one. Um, and also maximize your savings. I mean, as I alluded to, you know, the, the rising rates, they give us an opportunity to earn a lot more money on our savings now. Um interest rates on CDs now are the highest they've been in a decade. Um you can earn over five percent from a lot of banks on CDs. Um, you know, the balances typically require a six or twelve month commitment, but um, but it's rocketed up from thirty six billion dollars in CDs in April twenty-two to over four hundred eighteen billion, over ten times as much in January, according to the Federal Reserve. And um, uh, you know, accounts are insured by the FDIC. So, and, and also money market accounts are paying well over 4% now, four and a half actually for some of the better ones. And that's going to creep up as the Fed continues to raise rates. So, you know, and that's totally liquid. You can get your money out anytime. So yeah, you definitely need to start saving more, make sure you're getting a good, a good, uh, interest on the savings you do have.
1: Yeah, so like you said, money market using high yield savings accounts. So the average online savings account yields now is about uh, three point five two percent, and that's um, um, up from three point three five. So three point five two to three point three five in February. So people with a balance greater than two fifty two hundred fifty thousand should make sure that their funds are FDIC insured by spreading their savings across different banks um, or employing different strategies. So there's a few things to kind of just help you out. As they keep uh, hiking interest rates. Where do you see it going, Steve? How high do you think it's going to go? I've just kind of wanted to get your vibe on it.
0: Rates. Um, yeah, yeah I, t- I tend to think the Fed is going to pause now. You know, I thought they were going to do an extra, extra couple rate hikes um, prior to these banking issues. Um, yeah. But now that we've had these banking issues, obviously we have seen some, some effects of yeah. these rapid rate hikes. Think the Fed's gonna take a step back from that. Um,
1: because don't don't you, know, you think you should kind of let it kind of play out a little bit and just see how th- it reacts? I think that's
0: what they're gonna do. You know, their, their intention, I think, was to do maybe two more and then wait, you know, three months and see yeah, how okay. the inflation, you know, we we'll let it ripple through the economy, see if inflation came down. Um, I think now they're gonna take that pause right now.
1: And, okay, and yeah. you
0: know, go through the summer and see kind of where things are in the fall. Um That's my gut feel. You know, nobody knows, but yeah, yeah, I think that's the leaning that we're hearing from the markets out there. Good question. Speaking of questions, that leads us up here to the question of the week.
1: Yeah, this comes from one of our clients. You know, should we be concerned with the money in our bank? You know, now with the recent bank scare, should we do anything? Should we make any changes? Um, Are we okay? Should we go
0: pull it all out? Should we pull it all out? Run to the bank. Just pull it out. Put it in gold, (laughs) silver. Yeah. (laughs) No, we do get that question sometimes. No, you definitely should not. I mean, your money in the bank is FDIC insured up to $250,000. Yeah. So you shouldn't even give it a second thought in terms of security unless you have over $250,000 in there. Yeah. Now, quite frankly, if you have that much money in the bank, you need to make sure you're getting a good rate of return on it. Mm -hmm. And it's probably too much to have in a bank just because, like I said, money markets are paying over 4% now. and there are just good other better opportunities. You know, markets are still stock markets still down. So you probably ought to deploy some of that. But regardless, the the money that you do keep in the bank is is totally safe. And the Fed's already proven that they're going to step in and even back deposits over 250 if the bank gets in yeah. trouble, as they did a couple of weeks ago here. So I think you're safe. Don't worry about pulling your money out because of safety in a bank.
1: Yeah, just very high level, quick. How is this different than 08? Because a lot of people just hear this and think 08, and it's a lot different. So just kind of give a very brief explanation to everybody why this is different.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, 2008 was a totally different situation. Um, You know, there you had mortgage-backed securities that got in trouble, okay? We had loaned too much money. Banks had to people that didn't have good credit quality, couldn't pay the money back. And um and then those those mortgages were securitized into uh investments yeah. that um that these financial institutions bought, like Lehman Brothers bought a whole bunch of them and and then when they got in trouble um you know during the uh financial crisis, the these the, the they started seeing a lot of defaults. So a totally different situation. Yeah, you exactly. know, just it's not it's night and day. Um and the government did step in with tarp and bought a whole bunch of those mortgage bank securities up and and kind of shorted up the situation there and avoided a calamity so um yeah th- this is nowhere near to that level you know this is more like the snl crisis of 1990 okay. where you had a bunch of savings and loans fail um but back then you know there were small savings and loans and the, the 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 government did let them fail um and uh you know, I don't know exactly how that was resolved back then, but um because I was a very young man back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but having said that, you know, it it we, we did have a recession back okay. then as a result of that in nineteen ninety. So um so that was, you know, that was a different situation too, but this is closer to that. And I think okay. this is being head this has been had o- headed off mainly by the by the Treasury stepping in and uh, shoring up these few banks and, you know, cutting some deals. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think the worst is probably behind us on this one.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, one one way I view it is like other businesses and other sectors fail because they're mismanaged too. Like there's other financial right. planning firms that might fail because they're mismanaged. And Exactly. Like people are viewing this as a whole industry thing, and I, you know,
0: it's yeah. I mean, you know, Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, they made some terrible decisions. You yeah. know about you know how they invested those reserves into ten-year Treasury bonds when interest rates were obviously going to go up from where they were back in two thousand. So. Um, so there, there is a lot of mismanagement that has gone yeah. on. These have only been Western banks, primarily, other than Signature, which was a New York bank um, that's gotten in trouble. So I, I think the majority of this is behind us. Having said that, there are some other banks that are showing, you know, that they're not in great shape too. But yeah. I think they're they're small regional banks. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to affect the system. Okay, so yeah. that's where I'm at anyway. Good question. All right. And that leads up here to our next topic, and that is Roth versus pre tax 401ks. Um, You know, I mean, where's the beef here? I mean, where (laughs) do you put your money, Ryan? Do you do it pre tax or do you do it after tax in your 401k? That's the question. We get that question. We we get that question a lot, right? (laughs) Um, You know, so which is better? I mean, um, you know, this is one of those burning questions where the answer is highly dependent on your situation. Um, and your assumptions about the future. I mean, having said that, it's a very important question, which deserves a good answer. By the way, this is based on an article from MoneyWise um, <clears throat> here a few years ago, um, but it's a topic that we revisit a lot. And yeah. of course, you know, we're all like kids when it comes to tax breaks, Ryan. Um, we want our cookies now, <laughs> even if we know we're going to have a lot more in the future yeah, if we wait. Right? That's right. <laughs> that's the way it is with tax breaks. It is... Very hard to be patient and trust that the benefit might be there in the future, regardless of whether we're talking about cookies or tax breaks. Um, however, when it comes to taxes, sometimes it's obvious what the right answer is if you just ask yourself the right questions. So we're going to dig into some of that, um, those questions and, and c- that you ask, need to ask yourself about this decision in just a minute. But first, let's kind of define the basics and the differences between traditional pre-tax 401k's and Roth 401k's.
1: Absolutely, good to review this. So, you know, a 401k is a retirement savings vehicle that's offered through employers. So, where you can contribute up to 22,500 per year if you're under the age of 50 or 30,000 if you're over 50. Um, meanwhile, your employer usually matches a portion of your contributions. Usually, we see like three percent is very common. Um, but this is more. Uh, this is money you typically can't draw out until you are fifty nine and a half, without that ten percent tax penalty. Um, so this is a long term money for retirement. Your four hundred one k is also likely your biggest and best tool for lowering your taxes today or in the future. So you need to carefully kind of consider your choices. Yeah, this is an important decision, Um, and you decide how much
0: of your pay that you want to contribute. Typically, it's a percentage of your salary. You usually have two choices on how you can contribute it, and that's pre-tax or Roth money, which is after-tax, right? Um, If you sign up for a pre-tax contribution, then your employer is going to transfer money into that account before any taxes are withheld, and you'll pay those taxes way down the road whenever you take the money out. Um, Any match from the company will always be pre-tax funds as well, meaning that, you know, this money is going to grow tax-deferred, and then you'll pay tax on that money when you withdraw it as well. Um, The money can usually be invested in various mutual funds inside your plan, made up of stocks and bonds, regardless of whether it's pre-tax or Roth money. The investment choices are usually the same in your IRA or in your 401k. Now, the other option is that you contribute money after tax um, to the Roth portion of your 401k. Um, A Roth IRA or a Roth 401k is similar um, to the pre-tax, though the taxes are flipped um, because the part of your income that goes into the account is after taxes have been taken out. So you, you pay no taxes when you withdraw the money in retirement. Um, you've paid it up front whenever you put the money in, and then it grows tax-free. It'll grow tax-free forever in the Roth. Um, so that account can contain, you know, the same variety of investments, including mutual funds, stocks, bonds, those kinds of things, even CDs, um, just to name a few. All of that can be inside the Roth, just like the regular IRA. Um, so the same contribution cap also applies to both accounts, and that's 22500 this year, um, to a 401k with a $7,500 catch-up provision if you're over 50. So 30000 total if yep. you're over
1: 50. Yep. So the big question, which to choose, Roth big, or pre-tax? Exactly. The big question. Um, so the obvious main difference between the pre-tax and Roth 401k is whether you pay taxes now, Roth, or at the time you withdraw the money, pre-tax. So the question you have to ask yourself is, am I in a higher tax bracket now, or will I be in the future when I retire? Some people are better off in the pre-tax 401k because their income will be lower when they need the money during retirement. Some people also retire, you know, to states with lower state tax income or income tax, or even none at all like Florida or Texas. So yeah, it's a big question, Steve.
0: It's a big question. It is. And you know, often... people find themselves in a higher tax bracket in retirement since they don't have many deductions or their incomes actually higher in retirement because they have big pensions. Um, And then also, you know, if they already have a large chunk of pre-tax money in their 401k, then at age 73, you have to start taking RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions, which can push you into a higher tax bracket as well. So that's another consideration. Um, But in that case, the Roth 401k could make more sense. Um, And this could be true for someone who's just starting out in their career and expects their income to rise significantly over their lifetime, Um, you know, who's saving a lot for retirement or who's anticipating maybe a large inheritance. I mean, the Roth 401k also could be a good idea if you're worried that even if your income doesn't go up in retirement, tax rates may go up in the future. Yes. That's an important consideration. I mean, in fact, tax rates are some of the lowest we've seen in our lifetimes, if you go back and look at history. And they could continue to increase to pay the national debt or the rising deficits in Social Security and Medicare. But keep in mind that the Roth 401ks won't protect you if the government decides to, to, you know, institute something like a consumption tax or a value-added tax or some kind of national sales tax. That would hit Roth IRA money as
1: well. Yeah. Well, at least you have a little bit of option there. Just don't buy something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You have a little control over it. That's right. Yeah. You know, if our tax rates don't change, then contributing the same tax-adjusted amounts to either one will give you an equal after-tax income in retirement. For example, if you're at a 25% bracket contributing 10000 to pre-tax 401k um, is the equivalent of contributing 7500 k after tax to a Roth 401k after you've paid taxes on the distribution in retirement. Um, that means if you max out your contributions with the 10000 and pay any tax out of your pocket, then you'll be better off in the Roth 401k when you retire because you'll have the same amount in your account either way, but all that money will be tax-free in the Roth 401k, while pre-tax 401k will still be subject to tax.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point, and I'll just summarize that real quick just to say yeah. – the numbers are exactly the same if you pay the tax out of the contribution and you contributed, say, $10,000 to pre-tax and only 7500 to a Roth, for instance. And then you you know pay the tax at the end, you take it all out, and they get the same rate of return. The numbers would be the same. They're identical, okay? But the advantage is if you pay the tax out of your pocket for the Roth yeah. and you put the same amount of money in the Roth that you would have put in the pre-tax, then you have an advantage for Roth. Yeah. So advantage Roth if you can pay the tax out of your pocket. That's just a summary of what you just said there. Um, Another important factor in determining whether to invest in Roth or pre-tax is what other income sources you're going to have in retirement. Um, You know, if you only have pre-tax money like a traditional 401k accounts now, then having some after-tax Roth money will add a lot of flexibility to your retirement situation when you retire. I mean, it's a painful situation if you only have pre-tax money available and you get kicked into a higher bracket due to taking a one-time withdrawal to pay for maybe a trip or medical bills or to buy a new car in retirement. Um, So on the other hand, if you also have a significant source of tax-free money like a Roth when you retire, it will afford you a lot of flexibility to help control your tax situation. And help avoid maybe getting pushed into the higher maybe twenty two percent tax bracket once you retire. So that flexibility piece yeah, is a real I important was, component
1: of Roth. I was going to mention that. I mean, part of Roth is just the flexibility year over year or what you can do with it. You're just not as you know held down to those tax brackets. So I think that's a huge advantage. Huge. Um, yeah. <clears> also, keep in mind that the RMD uh, you know age is at now at seventy three. So if you already have a large pre tax four hundred and one k then these RMDs could push you into a higher tax bracket as well at age seventy three. Again, contributing more to a Roth and this tax free money available might avail you um, the opportunity to avoid any additional taxable withdrawals and keep your RMD to a you know a manageable level you know later in retirement.
0: That's right, and that's why a lot of people do Roth conversions is they're trying to get some of that pre tax yep. into Roth before they hit the RMD age. And so they don't get forced into a higher bracket. So that's another factor. Um, and another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, drawing money out of these pre-tax accounts in retirement will raise your, your adjusted gross income and will affect more than just your federal taxes because having too high of an income can kick you into a higher Medicare premium bracket and may cause more of your Social Security also to be taxed. Um, also, if you retire before 65 and you're buying health insurance, it can even cause... You have to lose your Affordable Care Act health insurance stipend um, before 65, right? If you're getting a stipend and you're trying Mm -hmm. to keep your income down to qualify for that. So again, having some tax-free source of income in Roth accounts can help avoid those scenarios. So getting some money in there before you get to that age in retirement is super important. So bottom line is you got to weigh the pros and the cons of Roth IRAs versus 401Ks really carefully before you simply just default to all pre-tax contributions to get that immediate tax deduction everybody wants. I mean, having a significant source of tax-free money in retirement is a really valuable tool that yeah. that can't be overlooked, you know? And also, I mean, we're enjoying some of the lowest tax rates in our in our lifetime, quite exactly. frankly. So, I mean, paying some taxes now in order to give yourself more flexibility later could be a really wise decision to help manage your taxes in retirement and for years to come. So, you know, when it comes to deciding what type of retirement account plans better for you, take the time to consider the pros and cons of each of those. Make the choice that fits your financial situation and your goals. But paying some tax now at today's rates and investing in a Roth option might be really valuable insurance against higher tax rates down the road when it comes time to pay for all the debt mm-hmm. our country is amassing.
1: Yeah, it does protect you. You know, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, he says Roth all the time. He says no matter what. That's what he favors. Obviously, he has, you know. Right. He can afford it. I mean, he's got it. He would say for anyone. But
0: still, I I favor Roth, too. I mean, given the choices, I mean, you've got to be in a super high tax bracket now for me to think, oh, yeah, do some pre-tax now. I mean, if you can do Roth, your match is already going to be pre-tax. So some of it's already going to be pre-tax. And most people have been saving pre-tax anyway. So I I'm a big fan of Roth while it's available for everybody because someday they're gonna they're gonna wise up and they're gonna limit that
1: exactly flexibility yeah. I think is the key for me like flexibility yeah. is great so
0: there you go all right that's our. That's our take on the Roth versus pre-tax, and that leads us up
1: here to our last thing, and that is the prescription of the week. All right, folks, we're getting close to tax day, everybody's favorite time of the year. So it's April 18th this year because I believe um, yep. it's a holiday, it's either over the weekend or a holiday, federal holiday. So the 18th is our tax day. So make sure you fund your Roth IRAs for 2022. Your deadline is that April 18th. So if you have available contributions, you can still contribute to your IRA by that date. So if you're looking to do that, it's a good thing to do. Do it.
0: Yeah. And when you do your taxes, you'll know whether or exactly. not you qualify yeah. for any Roth contributions. So don't miss that opportunity. Get some more money in there. And since we're already into 2023, you also can make a contribution for this year. That's right. That's right. So get the money in the Roth because I think we just sold the case on the Roth money, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Do it now.
0: There you go. All right. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call also at Richard Young Associates at 706 739. 0725 Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Children Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.